It's review and preview on the wave, the sound of LIU. Welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, Kyle Russo here in the studio. Triple O's, as they like to say. Quick reminder, you can listen to our show tonight live on our audio link at liuwave.org, or you can watch us at Facebook Live. If you want to call in and give us your uh, jabs and questions, 516-299-2030 is the number. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Review and Preview. And subscribe to our podcast. Listen to us weekly. If you can't catch the whole show, we're there at anchor.fm slash review and preview. Also, last week, we uh, forgot to mention our eight-year anniversary of Review and Preview. The show commenced back in September of 2011. We are eight years strong. The longest-running sports talk show on the Long Island University Post Campus. A quick rundown of how tonight's going to go. We're going to talk about the Mets and Yankees briefly. We will talk about the MLB playoff race. Then we will diverge into college football for a few minutes, take a team of the week. We'll talk about the Giants and the Eli Manning benching, which I can imagine that'll be the highlight of tonight's show. The Jets, and we will talk about last week's quick picks and our Week 2 loser, James Montefusco, Rocking a Ryan McDonough throwback Rangers jersey. Yeah. <laughs> From the 2014 Stanley Cup. What do you think about that? If I throw up on it, are you going to be mad? Yeah, it costs a lot of money, but, you know, all right. see all the patches. Yeah, it's got that patch on it. I don't know. That's a valuable jersey there, James. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, right. let's get started with the Mets. There we go. And... The Mets last weekend had a pivotal series against the Los Angeles Dodgers trying to stay alive in the National League playoff race. Clayton Kershaw took the mound on Friday night against Noah Syndergaard, and it was not a favorable start for the Mets, who got off to a 1-0 lead, lose 9-2. That transitions into Saturday, where the Mets blanked the Dodgers with Jacob deGrom on the mound against Hinjin Ryu, who only gave up two hits in seven innings, but then... Rajai Davis with the three RBIs late in the game. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. A 38-year-old veteran who's been on this stage countless times. A quality bat to have in the bench at this time of the year, guys. You never know who you, who's going to contribute for your team. And Rajai Davis is a perfect example. Would you say 38 yeah. years old? Hey, you know what? If he can contribute, he can contribute. Good for him. Kyle Russo, you cannot ever, ever forget the, what was it, $283 Uber ride to City Field from Allentown, Pennsylvania earlier this season. Dedication. Dedication. And then he later won the Mets the game. We were live on the show that night when it happened, so bravo to the Mets. They split the series 1-1, and the Grom and Ryu, that was really the matchup that we were most excited to see because these are two National League CY Young candidates, and the Grom continues to improve his case when you do what you do against the best team in the National League, don't give up any runs in seven innings, just three hits. Yeah, very. DeGrom was very impressive uh, mm-hmm. in this game, showing the case that he is like, you know, one of the candidates for the Cy Young. And then lockdown Seth Lugo. Yeah. And Justin Wilson. 
eight nine. There you go. Overall, a quality win in this whole series. Yeah. Game three, the Dodgers win three to two. So the Dodgers take two out of three. Walker Buehler on the mound against Zach Wheeler. Despite the nine strikeouts, it was not enough. The Mets could not provide any offense outside of two RBIs from Brandon Nimmo. Lugo takes the loss. What we learned from this series is that the Mets are going to compete for the remainder week that's left in the season. The week and this weekend. So you got to kick it into high gear now. Every single game is a must win for these Mets. They come into tonight 79 and 73, three and a half games back of the wild card race. They can potentially be eliminated on Wednesday if they do not win any games this weekend. But the good news is the Mets do have the Grom on the mound tonight against the Reds. But before we get there, let's talk about Colorado. The Rockies win game one in pretty shocking fashion. Matt's got bombed through four innings. Yeah. Did not look good at all. No. I don't get Steven Matt's, and I don't know if I ever will. I think we're, I think I agree with you on that one, too. Very up and down. Many Met fans won't get Steven Matt's. And so much hype coming in, and all of a sudden, I mean, then just goes up and down, and I was just, yeah. I have no, I can't explain it. Zach Wheeler's the same story. Yeah, no, yeah. Both, well, both of them, definitely. And I think a lot of Met fans are starting to come to the realization that Zach Wheeler will most likely not return next season. But Zach Wheeler has been predicted to leave this Mets team for the past three years, yeah, three to four years, and he's still here. Yeah, no, I yeah, thought I thought he'd be here. I thought he'd be thought he'd be gone or traded at some point. But you know, he almost was I think this past season. But then you know the injury. I forgot what kind of injury he had, but it kind of delayed his chances. It was gruesome, and, yeah. So just bad timing, but maybe this is probably the last time we'll see Wheeler in a Mets uniform. So, you know, it's going to be a emotional and rocky week for the Mets, and let's see if they can do it when it counts. And regardless of what happens, you have to be proud of the way this team competed. They were double-digit games back in the wild-card race, and late July, early August came, and this became the hottest team in baseball. Yeah, I I think it helped with with their favorable schedule at one point. Uh, maybe regain some confidence in a way. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, in my eyes, they've been clicking on all cylinders. Really? I'd say so. Um, you know, at Frazier, Nimmo, Conforto, our polar bear, you know, <laughs> they, they've all been producing. So I think by everybody contributing that way is a big help. It's a story with, it's a story with the Mets. So when I started, what they were, uh, they were one of the top teams. And then, you know, just goes a roller coaster up and down. You know, then one point they were like in a bad spot. We're like, what's going to happen to them? And now here we are again. You know, it's like a it's a roller coaster for the Mets, and it's the same thing every year. Well, they if you look at from tonight's schedule, Mm -hmm. as we'll get on later, um, they don't have a bad week and a half. Oh no, yeah. So it's really in their hands, and also they need to have other teams lose, right? Yeah. be beneficial. But I think they're in, they're in control. It's not like they have to rely on other uh, other teams, like whatever. They kind of, they basically have to win out. That's what I think they need to do here. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. The Reds are a good team to sweep. Uh, Kyle Russo. Kyle, you okay over there? Uh, you okay? <laughs> I'm good. Good thing you're not on the Facebook Live feed. Oh. <laughs> it is hot here at the... Oh. LIU Studios as Russo takes off the Ronnie Lott jersey. Oh, it's too hot. It's too 
<laughs> All right, game two of the Colorado series. Marcus Strowman takes the mound. Great to see. Fantastic seven innings from him. No runs, four hits, and seven strikeouts. He gets the win, and he got great offense from Nimmo, Alonzo, and Rosario, all homering in this game. And they really got the Tim Melville early on. Mets win 6-1. This is the type of game we want when we got acquired Strowman. This is the game that we wanted to see out of him. So I'm really I'm happy that, you know, at the right time he's getting hot. It's kind of late in my eyes. Yeah, no, I get it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we would have liked to see this start right off. Nearly a month ago. Mm-hmm. Month yeah. and a half. Hey, better so, yeah. better late than never, that's what I always say. Well, look, it's definitely a little late to get settled in now. But is what it is. Yeah. Game three. I love this game. As a fan, as a baseball lover, the Mets were down 4-2 to two in this game in the eighth inning. Noah Syndergaard was on the mound. He did not look good. He lasted five and two-thirds. Story had a McMahon. It was rough. Nolan Arenado, the guy nobody talks about. He's the Kawhi Leonard of the MLB. <laughs> <laughs> And the Mets come back and win this game 7-4, scoring five runs in the last two innings. Where does this come from? Well, early on in the game, McNeil hit a home run, but then Pete Alonzo, his 49th home run of the season, to help fuel this come-from-behind win. 49 home runs, insane. He set the single-season franchise home run record for the Mets as a 24-year-old kid. Yeah, and a guy that we looked at the beginning of the year that we didn't expect this to happen. You know, it's amazing. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> really. Yeah. Pistol Pete, they call him. The Mets trailed 4-2 to two in the eighth inning. Alonzo was at the plate with the bases loaded, draws a four-pitch walk. Yeah. Crazy. That was actually the go-ahead walk in the ninth inning. And then... After, like, I don't even know a word to describe it. Just mayhem happens. And Seth Lugo with the RBI single in the top of the ninth inning. Seth Lugo, his first at bat of the season. <laughs> it mattered one of most, his first at bat. I mean, it just goes to show you the Mets don't trust their bullpen, leaving Seth Lugo into bat to pitch the final <laughs> Literally. two yeah. innings of the game. That's a sign right there. When I saw that notification, I'm like, did they either really butcher somebody's name, or is that actually Seth Lugo hitting? Or, or did Mickey uh, trust him? Be like, you know what? Let's see what you got. Your first at bat. Yeah. Let's just go ahead. They don't know what they don't know what they're going to expect from you. Well, let me tell you something. Mickey Callaway has been known for making some questionable moves this season. For instance, sitting Pete Alonso last Friday night. Mm-hmm. Leaving Edwin Diaz in too long, not using Edwin Diaz, taking Syndergaard and the Grom out too early. It's been all over the place. But the Mets are still in contention, and they can say that with just a week remaining for the season. And it's better than the last two years, what they've been. The last two years, the Mets did not make the playoffs. Um, And now you look at the remaining schedule. It's the Reds. It's the Marlins. It's the Braves. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. And right now, it's going to come down. I think the Mets will probably still be in the race yeah. come next weekend. 
you have four games against the Miami Marlins at home. Your last seven are at home. That's a perfect spot for the Mets to make a last second playoff like appearance, like yeah. push. Kyle Russo, as a Yankee fan, do you think there's a legitimate shot the Mets win their next seven to go into this Brave series next weekend? I think they absolutely should, but you know, the what these games become is they become trap games. You know, when you least expect it and oh this is a guaranteed win, that's when the team comes up short. Right. I mean you're looking at the uh the Mets are playing the Reds right now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe you said DeGrom is pitching, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're at the fourth or fifth inning. Nobody has a run on the board. No score. No score. I mean that's that's a team you should be hitting against, at least at this point in the game. And then you look at the Marlins, I mean, what was it? I believe it was in June or either July. They, they they lost the series to the Marlins, and people were calling for Mickey Calloway's head. I mean, so it's not like this team has had that much, you know, success as of recent with this Miami Marlins team. And then to end off the season against Atlanta, which is, you know, the head honcho in your division. I mean, that that's not going to be that's not going to be a cakewalk. Let's break this down. You can make an argument for a lot of teams that have blown games this season across the whole major leagues, but the Mets are only three and a half out of a playoff spot, and you think how many games the Mets could have won this season that they didn't. Yeah. There's many definitely game, more than four games that where that happened. How many games alone has Diaz blown himself as the one reliever out of your bullpen? Too many. Not including Lugo, not including Wilson, Giselman, Giselman. Familia. Just him himself. And that's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to save you the game, not blow it. I'm trying to take the name Familia out of my vocabulary, but that's not going to happen. At least for the next two years. I'm trying to take half of those guys out of my vocabulary. <laughs> so, the Grom against Castillo tonight, no score, middle of the fourth. Bottom of the fourth now. Zach Wheeler against Dace Sclafani tomorrow. And then Steven Matz against the newly acquired Trevor Bauer. Well, not so new anymore, but back at the deadline on Sunday. So... Where do the Mets go and go from here? Well, one game at a time. That should be the message in the locker room to these guys. You have veterans on this team that have been in the playoffs before, and they're going to keep reinstating that. You can't control what happens with the other teams. You can't control what happens tomorrow when today is only Friday. Yeah. yeah. Take, literally simple. Just take it one game at a time. Don't worry about the next game. Yeah. And let the fans worry about the scoreboard watching. Yeah. Because that that's what it, in my eyes, for some Mets fans, it's come down to. Mm-hmm. Scoreboard watching. Mm-hmm. Can't do Cubs that. Cubs lose, Washington lose, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, players focus, can't do that. Focus on where you are yeah. now, whether you're on the field or at bat yep. or on the mound. Uh, well, speaking of scoreboard watching, let's do it quick here before we transition into the Yankees. The Nationals, the Cubs, the Phillies, and the Brewers, teams the Mets need to worry about. Nationals currently lead the Marlins 4-1. to one. <clears throat> We also have the Brewers and the Pirates just underway. Top of the first inning, no score. Chase Anderson on the mound for Milwaukee. And then you have the Diamondbacks at the Padres, and then the Cardinals who defeated the Cubs earlier today. So the Cubs lost. Yeah. Nationals are going to win. You don't have to worry about catching all three of those teams. You only have to worry about catching two. Yeah. And that's where it gets interesting because it's it's going to be tough. That's all I'm going to say. 
Cubs are falling off. They've lost four in a row. The Mets have won two in a row. Mm-hmm. Out of the, all the teams in the race, the Mets have the most favorable schedule remaining. But got to sweep the Reds this weekend. That's the it starts from there. That's the main thing you got to do. You got to really you got to start with that the Red series. Any final predictions as to how this Mets season ends? I can't. I can't jinx it. You know, but I, I hope they make a nice push here. But you know, we've been saying it, and we sound like a broken record. Just take it one simple game at a time. Take tonight and the rest of the weekend with the Reds, and then for on to the next couple series, and hopefully get a nice sweep against the Marlins to finish the year. I'm hoping the conversation we're having next week about the Mets are very positive, <laughs> and might be a very intense weekend series to be watching as Met fans um, and not where we are now watching a team that I'm not going to say it, but you guys know what I what I'm getting at 10 games remain I see the Mets winning 7 games I do see a sweep at home against Miami no they're going to cough one up this weekend against Cincinnati. I think it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. And they're going to lose two out of three to the Braves. That's I, just my opinion. I, think, I hate to be that pessimistic Mets fan, but that's how I see no, it. I, I, if it's any Reds game, I, I think it would probably be the one against Wheeler tomorrow, I would say. But, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. So, let's shift gears. The New York Yankees have clinched the American League East for the first time since 2012. Congratulations. Now, the Yankees were the second team to reach 100 wins this season. 154 is their record. And yes, they might be in the playoffs. But the big news surrounding the Bronx Bombers right now, Domingo German is not eligible to play for the remainder of the MLB season or the postseason and due to domestic issues, Kyle Russo, break this down. There's nothing to really break down. It's a disgusting matter to even have to be dealing with. Obviously, timing is bad, but you can't even look at that because you look at the action itself and say, how could you do that? How could you do that? Uh, who cares about the team and you know what it does to the team? How could you even do that? Really? As a person. Right? As a person. I you definitely know, on a personal standpoint, not a player. It's a, it's a disgusting, disgusting action. And from a team standpoint, you know, obviously you have to be worried. Domingo Germán, I believe, has 18, maybe 19 wins by now. One of the better. One of the best pitchers. On the field-wise, one of the better players. One of the better players, if not the best player pitcher, at least in this Yankees lineup. And that, that's been questionable at certain times, too. Exactly. And so for this to happen again, forget about the player standpoint, the team standpoint, the disgusting overall action. That should not be tolerated, and is being handled rightfully so. So, Toronto, Yankees take two out of three. They lose Friday, Anthony Kay. Uh, a couple of former Mets, Anthony Kay started the game, did his job. He did not lose Toronto the game. They stayed in the game, and then Wilmer Font, coming out of the bullpen, ends up getting the win. Bo Bichette and Randall Gritchick go deep. It's Bo Bichette. Holy smoke. He's good. <laughs> he, just, he, uh, he just hit the uh, cycle, right? Yes. He just hit the cycle a few days ago. Uh, was that Biggio or Bichette? It might have been Biggio. It might have been Biggio. I, I think it was, it was Biggio, B- yes, because I remember seeing it on the ESPN ticker on they the bottom have, of the they, t- uh, television. I, yeah, Vlad, Biggio. That, 
they have a young core there in Toronto yeah. that down the line could be a scary trio. And look, I hate to say it, Tanaka got bombed. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Can't <laughs> he did. happen. Game yeah. two, Paxton, much better. Again, good. backing up my case for Paxton to start game one. Oh well, now it's as I said last week. Well, with Germán out now, it's I think it's more. Out. It's more certain now. For yeah. Tanaka last week, I don't know if it was from you or from Kyle Earhart. I I was going in for Germán starting, and then I would say Tanaka would get game two. Somebody said Tanaka, but Paxton must. I think must start game one. I think yeah, because I'm not a Yankee fan, but I'm just looking at it from you know just watching in general. I think Paxton probably An outsider's be, perspective. Yeah, it'd be I would say Paxton would be your number one guy now. Yeah, and then probably uh, Tanaka at two. Yeah. Yankees win Game Two in the Toronto series, thirteen to three. Five home runs, two from Brett Gardner, who's been on a tear lately. Momentum goes into Game Three. The Yankees win on Sunday. Greetchuk with the two home runs and four RBIs, but Aaron Judge and the Yankees were unable to come back, and the Yankees lose two out of three to the Blue Jays. Even worse news: Yankees getting some players back. But they lose the Zavarian product and Dylan Batansis for the remainder of the season. Rough. Eh. I, the Yankees really, still have a loaded bullpen. I mean, it really, to be honest with you, they've gone so many seasons with him not being there. And when he was there, he was not contributing, contributing more to the loss column rather than the win column hmm. as of recent when he was playing. So, I mean, obviously it's a terrible injury. Because you don't kill, it's going to take a, pretty much a full year for you to recover. Yeah, and then but when you get back, you have, to, you you back, have to take you another have to couple of months to even get back exactly. into it. With but, the Yankees' horrific rotation, you need as many arms in the bullpen. They have they're fine with bullpen. Bullpen is fine, but it's they're the not game. fine with starting. As long as you get four or five innings, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Can you? That's not going to cut it against Houston. You don't have to worry about Houston until the. Uh, why am I blanking? ALCS? ALCS, yes. You don't Bridesmaid means nothing. You think they'll baseball. get that far? With oh. the bullpen with the starting pitching they have? Oh, I don't think. I know. It's oh. the batting. It's oh. the batting. Be careful. It's the batting. Because Tampa Bay could be a challenge in its own. If Tampa Bay even makes it, they're in discussion now with Cleveland Indians. They're neck and neck right now. Well yeah, and, and the A's. Nah. Look at Kyle just writing nah. writing up all the teams. Writing teams <laughs> off. Wow. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's Houston, and that's it. That's what's standing between the Yankees and the yeah, World it's Series. Obvious. <laughs> that, that, so what are you saying? You have a first-round bye? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I get uh, – I I mean, really? they are one of yeah. the if favorites. It wasn't, if it wasn't for the, the farewell tour of CeCe Sabathia, and I love CeCe to death, but they would have been the first team to reach 100 wins, not the Houston Astros. They would have been the first team. But CeCe played, uh, pitched two innings and gave up three Indians runs. Indians have won four games in a row. The Rays have a better rotation than you. The A's have a better rotation than you. I wouldn't be sure about writing off teams right now. I mean, I still think the, the Yankees would win here, but, I mean, you got to still. You can't just be like, oh, easy, sweet. Remember, there. it's name the postseason. Batting, name one batting order that's better. But it's the postseason. Things change. It's not the regular season anymore. Yeah, things change. You know what happens? Pitchers get more flaky because they don't want to give up the big home run. Meanwhile, they throw the wrong pitch and they hey, hit on. offense wins games. Defense wins Which, championships. Your old school saying. I, that's what I said. You get to Houston, and then you wind up losing. Okay. That's why home field's important. So the A's, Yanks, Blake, uh, Angels, pardon me, Yanks, blank, the Angels, 8 nothing. Luis Severino making his first start of the season. Four innings, just two hits. What do you see out of Luis Severino? 
picked off where he left off in the second first half of last season. Not second half, but uh, I mean, it's, I, I know it's only four innings, but I mean, if he could step in and be an impactful player, I mean, you, you can't ask for anything more than him. What he's given you. Would you put him at three then? Would I put him at three? Like I'm saying, in the playoff when you get to the playoff uh, rotation. Well, now that Gramans out, you got Paxton, pa- Tanaka. Tanaka, and then would you put uh, Severino at three? It depends on. What would you're you slowly up on. bring? If him. you are, if you have a two-zero lead, because whatever team they go up against, they're going to have the home field. As of now, right? So if you have a two-zero lead for game three, I'd put in CC. But if you're one and one, and really want to take a game away, uh, I put in I put in Severino. Hmm. But if you have a game that you could blow, like a game three, if you're up two-zero, I put in CC. But you're not concerned about your pitching staff going four to five and a half innings. And then burning your bullpen if it goes seven games. Here's my problem. It could also be an extra inning game here and there that, I mean, it could add up down the line. Yeah, You are playing for a spot in the ALCS. That's what you are playing for. And they'll make it there. Not worried. Not worried. This could be a potential freezing cold take here. What if the Yankees get eliminated? Okay. All right, viewers. Russo's saying that. Write it down right now. That they, they will make it to the they ALCS. Will make it to the ALCS. You hear this Facebook right here? He says it right guaranteed. there. Yeah. It's guaranteed. I'm not saying they're going any further than that, but guaranteed they will make it to the ALCS. What time is it? 8:25 p.m. Guaranteed. Eastern time. Yes. Guaranteed. Got to get. Got to say that Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Not yet. Guaranteed. Daylight till October. Mm. We're close to standard time. Yeah. Yeah. I know you like your standard time, Fox. Yeah, I'm all about the standard time. Yeah, get, getting dark out at 4.30 in the afternoon. Winter is coming. <laughs> um, all right, so game two of the Angels series, the Yankees lose, and this was CeCe's farewell tour, final regular season start, just lasted two and two-thirds. The unsung hero of this game, David Fletcher with three hits, he really has picked up his game this season, which... I think Trout is underappreciated, and I think Trout is the best baseball player of this era. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And it's unfortunate that he does not have a supporting cast, and he will never win a World Series, but he has showed loyalty to this organization. Exactly, yeah. Well, I mean, when you pay the guy $400 million, I mean, I'd be pretty loyal, too. CeCe's final regular season start. One of your quality arms in the bullpen, Ottavino, gets the loss. Uh, a guy that you plan on pitching in the eighth inning against Houston. Yeah, in the ALCS. In the ALCS. You just got blown up by the Angels. What's going to happen to Houston? Have you ever heard of the expression, you play down to your opponent? I have. It happens. Like Toronto. Two out of three games you lost. Game three, I will stop busting your chops here for a second. The Yankees finally reach 100 wins, something they should have did two weeks ago. Uh, they win 9-1. to one. Tanaka surprisingly does not get bombed uh looks very good yeah seven innings one run four hits the yankees did bomb andrew heaney (laughs) four home runs brett gardner clint frazier cameron maven dj lemayhu and that's why they'll make it that far because two of the names you just listed haven't even been on the roster throughout the entire season. You are not going to be facing Andrew Heaney's in the playoffs. <laughs> no, but you're going to man, be facing Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Carrasco, next Clevenger. Next man's step up mentality. First off, 
Three of those guys you just listed, it's a flip-flop. Tampa or Indians are going to make it. Not both of them. And then at the end of the day. I'm listing possible if anything, pitchers you will wanna, be facing. The team that I'm most nervous about before we make it to the ALCS the is the A's. Is the A's. Because for some reason, I don't know what it is. For some reason, even when we even when the Yankees play them at home, they seem to struggle. But I'm not. I'm still not that worried. Minnesota, I don't. I think they're pretenders. I don't think they could tell Okay. You clinched. Congrats. Woo! You did it. Do you want a cookie? No. You did it. wins is the cakewalk. Okay. Oh, so let's preview the series against <laughs> Toronto. J.A. Happ going up against his former team tonight, um, or going down. We'll see. Yankees now looking to secure home field. They are trailing 2-1 to one in the middle of the fifth inning. Wog's pack is on the mound again. And Aaron Judge has a home run in this game, his 25th of the season. But Hap has given up a run in each of the last two innings. Dylan Jansen hit a home run and Vlad Guerrero Jr. had an RBI. Hap has gotten through five innings. And in September, where the weather's beginning to get cold, he's finally coming out of the (laughs) attic and... Dropping his ERA under five. Doesn't matter. One month isn't going to cut it. If you did that for six consistent months, then I'd say, yeah. But he's been terrible. Tomorrow will be James Paxton against Zook. That'll be, uh, if he gets that, I think, I'm pretty sure that'll be 10 straight wins if he wins tomorrow. Incredible. Incredible. Game three. Luis Severino against Thornton. Tim Thornton? Tyler, we'll check that out. Um, again, yeah, I haven't been following Toronto this season, but they have a young lineup that's good. I mean, Smoke, Hernandez, Gurriel, Ludris Gurriel coming out of nowhere. Started off the season two for 30. Mm-hmm. Now his average is 282. It's insane. But, you know, it's... uh. So it's a weird night for the Yankees. It's a, it's a weird weekend. They've clinched. Can they clinch home field over Houston? That's what's the important. Only sliver chance is if they clinch home field against Houston. Yes. Well, why, why was I getting heat for it? The the only way they play Houston is if they make it to the ALCS. The only sliver of hope against Houston if they get there. Oh, they will get there. I don't think they're gonna win, worried. but they will get there. Not worried. You're too much, and we're just getting started. These All right, Yankee fans are the worst. On that note, we're gonna step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk some MLB playoffs a little deeper, and we will talk about college football and talk about the AP top ten. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. No sleep till. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo, Fonz DeFalco, James Montefusco here in the studio. Tune into our live show tonight on The Wave. That is the new sound of LIU. That is liuwave.org. You can watch us on Facebook Live on my Facebook page. Subscribe to us on anchor.fm slash review and preview. And, of course, our phone lines are open, 516 299 2030 is the call in number. So, the Astros were the first team to surpass 
the 100 win mark. They are 153, half a game ahead of the Yankees. Congratulations to them. They've been doing this without George Springer, which is a huge part of their team. And right now, they look to be the odds-on favorite to win this year's World Series. They have been that good again. And this is a team that everybody was saying, oh, they're third to the Yankees and the Red Sox this year. Well, one of those two aren't even getting into the playoffs. They lost some big pieces to their team, the Red Sox. But the Astros are here. They are here to stay. Uh, What's the latest on Altuve? Do we know? Is he back or is he still? I believe he's back. I think he's back. Yeah, he's leading off. And then you got Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Correa, Diaz, Redick, Chirinos, Marisnik, and Grank. Oh, God, that's still they're beating up on the Angels right now, 5 nothing. Well, that was that was huge. We we want to talk about the turning point. I mean, a lot of people said Zach Greinke was the turning point, but Michael Brantley. Nobody understood the acquisition of that guy. That guy was fantastic for the Indians. The only problem why they let him go is because he was just unhealthy for his career. But he was a fantastic. And they get player. Brad Peacock back Sunday. Hmm. More pitching. Correct. The biggest surprise might be the current leader in batting average for the MLB. That is Tim Anderson of the Chicago. White Sox. He is hitting 335. And this is a guy who was just 26 years old from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Made his MLB debut back in 2016. And really, the only person close to him right now is DJ LeMahieu in the batting race. Mm -hmm. And for a White Sox team that has been porous, this has been the one bright spot for them. So that's good. Nice person to build around. Yeah. So we'll see if he holds on to that. Let's talk about the CY Young race. We'll start with the National League. DeGrom, Scherzer, Ryu. Um, I got DeGrom. I do. It's, for me, it's going to be him. His ERA keeps dipping. And Ryu, he just beat Ryu. Mm -hmm. And every time he goes up against Scherzer, he always seems to have the upper hand. I'm looking at stats right now, and yes, Ryu still has the lowest ERA. But I don't know. Lately, Scherzer might have pitched himself out, and Soroka might have pitched himself in yeah. to the race. What's your take on that, Fonz? Uh, I definitely agree with you on that with Soroka. I mean, Scherzer, I think, probably stepped back a little bit. But it really does come down to DeGrom and Ryu. But with beating Ryu, that definitely helps him out here. Mm-hmm. So I do think, despite the struggles with the Mets have had up and down season, He's in one of the consistent spots, so I definitely think DeGrom will win the Cy Young once again this year. Back-to-back? Yeah. I mean, I don't see any – yeah, you listed names off that could be competitors, but I personally don't think that they're anywhere to DeGrom's level. Um, It depends on how DeGrom pitches the rest of tonight's game Mm -hmm. and uh, when he's up next. Yes. Um, We'll be kind of setting himself up if he pitches a shutout tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just one extra check in his checkbox towards the award. Yeah, DeGrom has more strikeouts than Strasburg, Scherzer, everybody of note. Um, And then in the American League, it's really just a battle between two teammates, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. I think it's pretty much confirmed that's going to Verlander. Oh, really? Yeah. I I mean, Cole is... That's over 300 strikeouts. Cole is good, too. And they have pretty much the same record. I think Berlin is nineteen and six, and Garrett Cole's eighteen and five. It's very, think. it's a very close race. It yeah. is close, but I'm gonna go with Verlander because the experience. 
Uh, I mean, he carried my fantasy team this year into the semifinals. So I'm gonna I'll go with Verlander too with that. His I'll ERA is eleven one hundredths lower. It, it's a big toss-up. I feel like yeah. it'd, it'd be a it'd be a fun race between two teammates down the line. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to be competitive against each other. Cole for does it. have the ha- upper hand in strikeouts, though. He is 19 strikeouts ahead of Verlander mm-hmm. at 302. Verlander has 283. Yeah, uh, but the WHIP is not even close. That's in favor of Verlander. Opponent average is Verlander. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a fun race for sure. I bet that's tearing that locker room to pieces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I root for? The other guy at the other side of the room or the guy that's uh, next to me? Exactly. So in the American League, we already know the Astros and the Yankees have clinched. The Yankees are the only ones who have clinched their division. The Astros can clinch their division as early as tomorrow with the A's eight games behind. The Minnesota Twins lead the Indians by four games in their division. So right now you're looking at the playoff race. The Yankees and Astros are locked. It's going to come down to the Twins and the Indians for the Central. And then in the wild card, you're looking at Tampa Bay, Minnesota, and Cleveland, potentially, and then the A's. And right now, Tampa Bay's on the outs looking in uh, due to a tiebreaker, I believe, because they have the same record as Cleveland. So if the season ended today, let's see if I am correct. It looks like they're giving it to... The Indians, I believe. Yeah, so both teams are 90 and 63. Uh, I really don't have a preference. I pre- Actually, I'd prefer to see Tampa Bay, you know, being uh, I have a house in Florida. It's uh, just root for the Florida team. Why not? Yeah. And Charlie Morton was great this year. Yeah, good I reasons. I think he deserves it. you got it. some good reasons there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then the Indians have won four in a row, though. They're kind of scary. Uh, the National League, well, Dodgers have clinched. Braves can clinch the division tonight with a win or a Nationals loss. And the Cardinals are on the verge of, well, let's see. They're about four games ahead of the Brewers, who just lost Christian Yelich. Uh, You know, props for them for still being in the race. You know, they've won eight out of their last ten. They haven't had Yelich in about a week or so now, and... They're only three and a half back of the Cardinals, so they could still win that division. The Cubs can still win that division. Very tight race between those. Teams. It is. If the season ended today, it would be the Braves, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Nationals, and the Brewers. The Cubs would be missing out by a game and a half. Anybody have any guesses on who comes out of the National League right now? The season ended today. Ooh. I, I think the, I would probably say the Cubs would be on the outs. I mean, I'm. It's hard. I don't know. It's a tight race. I feel like with a lot of these teams, and and then that, Yelich injury to the Brewers, you know that that uh sets them back a little bit. But I what do you think, Russo? I think that Milwaukee pretty much has it locked up. To be honest with you, they play Cincinnati right. and Colorado to end off the season. But that can help them a lot. Who comes out of the National League representing them in the World Series? That's the question. Oh, the World Series. Yes. Oh, um. World Series in the National League. I got the Dodgers. The only oh, team. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, the yeah, probably the, I didn't want to feel like that would be the easy, obvious yeah. choice for them with the Dodgers. The only team that has a legitimate chance against the Dodgers is the Braves. That's it. I don't know. The Braves nope. got smacked last they're the year second, they had to play they're, the Dodgers. Yeah, but they're the second best team in the National League. I would go 
St. Louis just because they have older players, the more experience. I believe they have a better Yadier pitching. Molina. They have better pitching. Matt Carpenter, Adam Wainwright. You seen the between the Cardinals and the Braves? Like yeah, which one do you think? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see where you're going with that too. Yeah. But the thing is, in hindsight, looking back, yeah, the Cardinals are hot, and the Braves, the NL East team that has won last few, the last few years has bowed out in the NLDS. So, you know, I, look, I'm hoping the Braves lose round one. I'd like to see the Cardinals and the Dodgers. I think that would be a fun series yeah, to watch. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, I don't think I'd watch the D- Dodgers and the Braves because we know who will win. Um, but, yeah, yeah the, the Dodgers are clear, the clear favorite, I think, in the NL. Yes, but the Dodgers do like to choke. Come playoff time. Well, especially no, 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 no. Well, they no. make it to the World Series, and then, then they, they choke. Yeah, well, so yes, they make yes. it. Was it back to back? Right, back to back. back to, well, no, back to back to back is you know they're gonna lose this year. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's also. So. Oh yeah, lose, lose to <laughs> lose to your uh, Yankees. Nah, we're losing the NLCS. We're going Houston with this one. So, with that being said, it's time for our MLB Player of the Week. Uh, we will start this week. You ready, Fonz? Oh, I'm ready. Oh, that's a lot of pressure here. I'm going to go with Garrett Cole, guy that we talked about just now. Uh, two games the, uh, so far, 2-0. and Obviously, as Russo said, he did hit the 300 milestone in strikeouts this season. Yes. 1.13 ERA, uh, 16 innings pitched, allowed 10 hits, 21 strikeouts. Very impressive this week. And then, again, like we said, between him and Verlander for that AL Cy Young spot. So um, I, he's my player of the week. Very nice, Fonz. I'll go next. My player of the week is Nicholas Castellanos from the Chicago Cubs. He was traded from the Detroit Tigers at the deadline. Fun fact, everybody, listen up. I'm listening. Nicholas Castellanos is the first right-handed batter since the year 1936 to eclipse 57 doubles in a season. Tom, you're you're on point with these fun facts. Fun fact Friday. He led... This past week, he led the MLB in doubles this past week with seven. He led the MLB in runs scored with ten. He had a three fifty seven average, and the Cubs are a game and a half back of Milwaukee. He was an acquisition that the Cubs needed in their outfield to pair up with yeah. Hayward, Schwarber. I know, I think Rizzo is on the shelf right now, but, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, the Cubs need. They need a boost, and they got it in Castellanos. Uh, Kyle? I'm going to go with good old Brett Gardner. Eight RBIs in the last week, two home runs. You know, just when you you look at this team, you look at the depth, obviously, and sadly Brett Gardner is the guy that falls at a lineup. Still playing clutch and clutch moments, big moments, and still able to get the job done. Player of the week, Brett Gardner. James? Pete Alonzo. He gets one step closer to breaking that home run record set by Judge. You got ten more games to hit four, I know. baby. Ten more games, so, plenty of opportunity. I'm, I'm seeing him beating that. Um, ah, he's gonna fall just short, fifty-one. I don't think so. Um, but that is my player of the week. Excellent work, James. Thank you, Tom. Excellent work, Kyle and Fonz as well. Now, the Yankees take a 3-2 to two lead over Toronto. Tyler Wade, home run. Next man up. I also <laughs> think Jeff McNeil hit a home run to he did. bring the did. Mets up. The one Mets nothing. are Perfect. ahead 1-0. So, 
everyone keeping their playoff hopes alive here tonight. Let's jump to some college football. So, the current rankings, top 10. We have Clemson in at number one with sophomore Trevor Lawrence. Number two, Alabama with Tua at quarterback. Number three, Georgia, led by Jake Fromm. Number four, we have LSU. Five is Oklahoma. Six is Ohio State. Number seven is Notre Dame. Number eight, we have Auburn. Number nine, Florida. And number 10, Utah. That is a lot of SEC schools. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of knew that already, that the SEC schools would be on top here. And then, yeah. you know, we've, we've we've talked about, like, you know, I've at least I've said to, like, the Pac-12 schools. You know, you never really can know what they're doing. And now I think the only Pac-12 school is Utah on here yeah. in the top 10. I, I think one of the – one of the sleeper teams to watch out for. Definitely. They are at USC this weekend, so they will be battle-tested there. Uh, the, really, the only other big games, we have number 11, Michigan, at number 13, Wisconsin. So Harbaugh will lead in the troops <laughs> with Shea Patterson. That should be a fun game to watch. Number 6, Auburn, will be at number 17, Texas A&M. I'm sorry. This has upset written all over it. 17 over 6. Yes, Kyle Russo. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. I'm rolling with Bo Nix. And Auburn always has a good defense. I'm going to roll with them. And then your game's on. Texas A&M is favored by four points at home. Fun fact. It's all right. Uh, Yes, my game. uh, Notre Dame, number seven, will travel to Athens, Georgia, to take on the number three Georgia Bulldogs. And Georgia is 14 and a half point favorites this is a complete slap in the face to Notre Dame a team that made the college football playoff last year yes 14 and a half points you know how many defensive players offensive players they've lost in the last two years they've lost a lot they've lost a lot who Notre Dame yeah we got book back Jafar Armstrong and Tony Jones and look at this Chase Georgia Claypool. Team. This Georgia team Jake is from DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and the defense. I'm not oh, saying Georgia God. didn't, they, they but did lose receivers. Everybody, everybody writes Notre Dame off, and it gets me mad. It gets me mad because look what they did to Michigan last year. They had a fluke game against Clemson. That's what happened. They ran into a clearly better team, a better team. They're right up there with these other big schools. Well, yeah, look, the maybe the line seven. should be seven. They're ranked at number seven in the country. That's how much higher do you want? Yeah, but the line shouldn't be fourteen and a half. What should it be? I think I think it should be seven or eight. I don't think so, because realistically, the defense isn't as good as it is has been, and the offensive line they've lost huge pieces in the last two years. And again, back to your phrase before, next man up. You still have Liam Eichenberg at left tackle, a senior who's been there for four years. You have Hainsey and. Uh, I think Crampton on the right side. They're loaded off. They are a top two to three school in producing NFL offensive linemen. When was the last time they beat a top five AP team? What? When was the last time they beat a top five AP team? Notre Dame. It was last year. No, it was 2005 against Michigan. Talking on the road. I don't know about it on the road. I just know in general. That was the last time. You could be right. It was, in, it was uh, against Michigan. I know it was definitely against Michigan, but it was in 2005. I'm not arguing win or loss here. I'm arguing the line. That's all I'm saying. That's that's not a good line. Well, if they lose by eight, what's the difference? It's still a loss. They cover the spread. It's still a loss. 
I just think it's disrespectful by the NCAA to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a Heisman candidate in Ian Book, and Heisman. yeah, he's a smart guy. This is the first Notre Dame captain quarterback since Brady Quinn. I don't. Notre Dame's had a lot of good quarterbacks since him. Heisman. Six yeah. and a half. Where does he reach on the Heisman? You got he's in Lawrence to uh I think Lawrence he's playing in out of his discussion. mind. I think Lawrence Justin is, Fields, Jonathan Taylor, where does Book fall? I think I don't even think Lawrence might drop a little bit because he's been good, but like he hasn't put up those light up numbers. Because yeah. against what he what was his first game against? I, he went up against Syracuse and Texas A and M, Georgia Tech. Yeah, you let's watch this so weekend, much, guys. Let's let's watch this weekend. We'll see what happens. Uh, bad news though surrounding South Bend. I would just like to acknowledge this. My uh, favorite player in college basketball, Rex Fluger, lost his mother to brain cancer. Last weekend, this is very sad. Uh, Rex Fluger tore his ACL. This was his true senior year, but he tore his ACL. Mike Bray, he was concerned because he didn't know if Rex would be able to come back. He thought he had played too many games, but it turns out that he didn't. So Rex is coming back as a redshirt senior, fifth-year guy in the accelerated NBA program. And, you know, it's great to see Rex back. I think he needs to be in South Bend right now. He needs to be on this team. He needs some motivation because mm-hmm. if anybody's had it awful this last year, nobody's had it worse than Rex. I mean, to, to lose your mother, that's, you know, thoughts and prayers to the Fluger family. Um, I know his mother was born in England and came to the States, and he is the heart and soul of this Notre Dame team. You know, a team that brings back John Mooney, T.J. Gibbs, uh, Prentice Hub. Nate Lashesky, Chris Doherty, Robbie Carmody. You know, this is a team that compete in the ACC this season. But the ACC is stacked. You got Duke. Virginia's scaring me a little bit, but we'll get into college basketball uh, in a month or so from now. But I, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, thoughts and prayers to Rebecca Fluger. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will have our team of the week, and we will talk New York football giants. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. And welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Fonz DeFalco here in the studio. And... Um, a quick reminder, you can listen to us tonight on liuwave.org, or you can watch us on Facebook Live. If you want to call in, questions, thoughts, comments, at 516-299-2030. Uh, 8.53, we're a little early, but it is time for our Team of the Week. And, again, anything goes, baseball, football, college basketball, uh, NBA, I don't care. Um James, I'm going to throw you into the fire here. Who is your team of the week? Team of the week. Wow. This might surprise a few people. Oh, no. The Buffalo Bills is my team of the week. Rightfully so. Only because if you want to get technical, they're the only New York football team. I mean, not technical. It is legit. They play in Buffalo and yes. the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey. <laughs> um, but they also are 2-0 and against the Jets, the Giants, back-to-back weeks. 2-0 at MetLife. And I, 
just going to get there, 2-0 at MetLife as well. Um, I believe the coach wore the same tie. I'm pretty sure all the players wore the same clothes yeah, as when they that. came down. I heard about that. But just in a different visiting locker room. Hmm. So, um, let's see. The Bills look like they're a real contender this season. Oh, potentially. Um, potentially. So, l- let's see how game three goes for them when yeah. they, you know, might play a not at MetLife yeah. And go up against Cincinnati very warm. Let's game. calm down and put the brakes on for just a second. The Buffalo Bills have played the Jets <laughs> and they've played the Giants. Yes. They have a top 10 defense. They have a good young second year quarterback in Josh Allen. They have a great rookie in Devin Singletary. However, the Buffalo Bills need to play legit teams and beat them to prove that they belong in this playoff hunt this season. Well, yeah. And they're also the only, at this time, potential one that's coming in second place. If I had to bank on it right now, I say Buffalo has a legitimate shot at the sixth seed in the AFC. Oh, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Now that Pittsburgh is basically done. Yep. Uh, you know, you're not going to win the division, obviously. But Bengals are not making it. And Dolphins Chargers and Jets are, are done. Chargers are iffy. You can't count the Chargers out, though. Broncos, they, 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 Broncos and Raiders will not make it, so that leaves Buffalo, Chargers, Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Oh, Houston. Titans. I don't want to hear the Titans again. Houston. They are one and two, Fonz. I don't, I don't want to hear Houston. Houston. Hold on. Wait for it. Jacksonville. Gardner. If Gardner Mitchell, the underdog the story. Yeah, true underdog story. Really? Fonz, your team of the week. Uh, I feel like I've said this many times before, but my Baltimore Ravens are the team of the week once <laughs> again because Lamar Jackson continues to prove to everybody that he is not just a running back, he is a quarterback. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't just run the ball. He throws the ball. 272 passing yards, 120 rushing yards against the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, I know it's the Cardinals, but very impressive the past couple weeks, and now he's a good matchup against the Chiefs, and that's going to be a fun game to watch. So that's Lamar first, Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. That's the first time a quarterback's ever done that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Team, Team of the week, week, Seattle Seahawks. Come with the, you're welcome. <laughs> Come to Heinz Field, one of the hardest places to play in all the NFL, and they beat the Steelers in a really competitive game right down to the wire, 28-26. Tom, your team of the week. Uh, I'm going with Seattle because you stole mine. I announced it to everybody before we went live, and you still took it. Uh, you announced? Was I in the room? Maybe, maybe not. So. Kyle wasn't paying attention. I did say it. You did, did say it. I, That's why I was like, I'll say it. I, like, I don't know if you were in the room or not. No, I don't think I, I was kind of paying attention behind that. the board. Um, so. James is busy back there, so you know, yeah. can't, can't control everything. But, uh, <laughs> no, I was eating. I don't, I don't you know, know what? It. It's fine. We're both going to go with the same team. Breaking okay. tradition. Uh, I'm going with the Seahawks because they are 2-0, and yes, and they did the improbable, winning at Pittsburgh on Pete Carroll's 68th birthday. 68. Russell Wilson had three touchdown passes over 300 yards, two of them to tight end Will Disley. Great to see him back healthy. This was an all-around team effort. Metcalf made plays. Carson and Penny each with 60-plus rushing yards in this game. And fun fact, keep it rolling. Seattle won at Pittsburgh for the first time since September 26, 1999, what a 20 fact. years ago. Tom, where do you find these facts? Online. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw uh, the Twitter handle uh, for the promotion of the show today, but at the end it did hashtag fun fact Friday. Mm-hmm. So let's maybe try to get that trending. 
for Friday. Yeah, so for give us. us some give us some fun facts. We're yeah. we're we're suckers for fun facts. Yeah. All right, guys. So let's get to the Giants. Uh, week two loss at Buffalo, twenty-eight fourteen. Zero and two on the season. Eli Manning in this game, twenty-six out of forty-five, one touchdown, two interceptions. Although the last one wasn't really his fault. Barkley, 18 carries, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Great performance again. But the problem is, no receivers to throw to. Fowler, Ingram, TJ Jones had a touchdown in this game. And the defense had three sacks. They looked better, but they were still bad. This is a bad football team that went up against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And hot take. Behind Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen is the best from last year, as of right now. No, I, I agree with you on that one. Darnold really can't really prove himself, so it's still still um, 50-50. Like still iffy on Donald right now. He can't really say anything. He's been you know he's also out, out to yeah. mid October, no, I yeah. believe, yeah. Um, depending on how his motto. Uh, I think with continues. Josh Allen too, and even when he came out in the draft, he was one of the guys out of all like the core like four or five quarterbacks. He was like the one that's like ranked at the bottom like we didn't know. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Rosen. It was him. Yeah. Quick uh, um, interjection here. Uh, the caller who tried to call in, if you want to call us back, you can. Uh, we do apologize. We uh, we thought we had a spam call for a different studio. Yeah. But uh, if you want to call in, call us back, 516-299-2030. Frank Gore was great in this game. 19 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Allen on his feet was good, too. Singletary had a touchdown as well. Cole Beasley, John Brown, they were great through the air. And Trent Murphy, Jordan Poyer, each with an interception. Uh, and the Bills were 4-4 four for four in the red zone. They were good. No, the, 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 the Bills are a solid team. I mean, the, I mean, obviously not going to be the pages in that division, but they can definitely sneak in for the wild card spot. I definitely uh, can definitely see that being a, a solid team there. And they got the Bengals next, so a good solid first three games. Yeah. And the Bills' defense has been fantastic. Uh, before we get to the Eli benching, because that's going to take a little bit, uh, the Bills were 4-4 four for four in the red zone. The Bills have a very underrated offense. I think yeah. they're known for their defense. And, you know, the Giants did have a lot of receivers hurt in this game. Shepard with concussion. Latimer hurt his calf. And Golden Tate is suspended for another two games. And that pretty much summed it up. Eli... Uh, he didn't win the Giants the game, but I wouldn't say he lost them. Kyle, uh, this defense, what have you seen the first two weeks? Defense week one, horrible. Defense week two, first half, horrible. The second half was not bad. The second half, the defense kept them in the game. They needed some production out of the offense. That's what they needed. It was 21-7. to Giants couldn't score in the third quarter. And they didn't score midway until the fourth. And that's garbage time. It's garbage time football. You can't let 15 minutes go by in a third. Another whatever, what is that, seven and a half minutes, whatever you want to call it, break it down the numbers, in the fourth. That's 20-plus minutes you had to score. Only within a two-score game. Can't happen. That's on the offense's fault. Mm -hmm. You know what you're going to get from the defense. The rookies. They're all young. You know it's going to be bad. But they shouldn't be (laughs) this bad against this team. And the offense needs to come alive. Totally. You can't win a football game with 14 points on the board. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Yes, and to piggyback off of that, um, I don't disagree with this move of naming Daniel Jones the starter. I just think it's too soon. Uh, week three, your defense gave up 63 points in two games, a depleted wide receiving core. Uh, quite frankly, when a play broke down these last two weeks, these wide receivers just stood around and watched Manning essentially twist in the wind. They did not try to create separation. It was awful. And my opinion, two weeks into a new refurbished offensive line, two weeks into year two of Shermer's offense, yes, I agree. Daniel Jones is the future of this team. Eli Manning is not the future of this team. But don't you want to see how the team looks when you get Tate and Shepard back and hopefully the defense improves, especially against a lousy Tampa Bay team with a good coach, but a team that clearly lacks talent as well? I look. No, because I don't believe that it's on behalf of the receivers. Yes, you may not be playing with your number one guys. At the end of the day, the receivers, they have one job to catch the ball. The quarterback has one job to complete passes. Was it the receiver's fault Eli Manning had completed 50% of his passes? Was it the receiver's fault why Eli Manning threw two interceptions? Was it the receiver's fault that the one sack that the offensive line gave up? Actually, two sacks since two weeks, which is phenomenal compared to what they had last season. Is it that is the offensive line's fault? Is it Eli's fault that Eli the receivers can't run routes? Time? Is it Eli Manning's fault that the receivers can't create separation for him? Is it, is it Eli Manning's fault? Is it his fault that he had eight out of his nine passes deflected by the guys right up front in the defensive line, which means he couldn't even throw over the offensive line? Is yes. it Eli's fault that he has a terrible play caller for him and Pat Shermer? Hey, you know how Eli takes part of the blame. As the quarterback, you take part of the blame, and he could have played better. There was a point in this game... Four incompletions in a row. I get it. I get it. It is time to move on. But you do this two weeks into the season, then why even bring the guy back? I have a fun I have a fun little thing with that, too. This is how much of, I don't know what you want to call it, idiocy, stupidity, right? With the Giants. With the Giants. Right? You guys all know Odell Beckham Jr., right? Very well, right? Yep. You know the whole, I'm going to go to Fonz with this. Oh, no. Fonz, what was the camel that broke the camel? What was the straw that broke the camel's back with the whole Odell Beckham Jr. antics? What was it? Uh, let's see. It was probably everyone on the giant. Like Eli Manning, maybe. Uh, there you go. Right there. Management, too, I would say. He called out Eli Manning, and he told some what you guys don't believe, but I believe some truthful statements, right? And so they traded a top three receiver, essentially, but they really didn't get anything back so that Eli Manning could play two games. So they could play two games. That's what they did. They traded a top three receiver away so he could play two games. And what did they get back in that trade, guys? They got back Jabril Peppers, who I'm convinced couldn't guard a rock. Horrible safety. They drafted Dexter Lawrence, which is a good player. Doesn't need him for this team, though, because they already have two run defenders. They need an edge rusher. You don't waste that with a 17th overall. And you drafted O'Shane Eximinus, who I believe has a future with this team and I believe could be very good. But it's not a good sign when your fifth-round linebacker beat out your third-round linebacker for the starting position. It's not a good sign. So essentially, what did they do with this team? And I made jokes about it on the show before. They got Kevin Zeidler, a fantastic pass blocker. It's just giving Eli Manning more time to throw in accurate passes. You're comparing two different positions. Ryan Connolly did not beat out O'Shane Zaminas. 
Ryan Connolly right? is an interior linebacker. Zaminis is a pass rusher. He's, He's an linebacker. edge rusher. He's, He's an edge rusher. He's not. That's who they drafted him as an edge. Not the, your third round can't start on your team. He doesn't get At any an reps. Interior linebacker position, Kyle. If he's your, I'm at, Come well then you well then this goes back to the coaching, right? They have no edge rush whatsoever. Yet your third round pick can't even start on your team. On oh, a defense this bad. Lorenzo Carter was a third round pick last year, and he's starting alongside Marcus Golden, who they brought That's in. That's only proved my point. Your third round pick can't start your on the defense. Third round pick doesn't always start. Look, the Jets' third round pick is on Seattle's practice squad well, right now. Field, it could be worse. Issues. It could be worse. Issues. I'm sorry. Whatever. Completed wide the receivers, is, horrific coaching, horrific management. It's not coaching. And you bench Eli Manning. Yeah! That's Eli That's Manning, thing. who has started you realize, for the past 16 years. You realize you realize that this all The Giants failed around? Eli. The Giants failed Eli. No. And you know no. it's true. No. They surrounded him with terrible players, horrific drafting, terrible management in Jerry Reese. Was it and they wasted Eli's good years. Was it they wasted his good years. Was it was it management's fault why Eli has thrown hundred twelve interceptions since his last Super Bowl? And the most in the NFL. He's, Guess he's what? led interceptions three years. Three different seasons. Threw interceptions. You know Nate what? Manning also threw interceptions. Drew Brett Favre There's also threw touchdowns. Peyton Manning also Eli threw touchdowns. Threw touchdowns. Eli struggled to get to 20 touchdowns last season. We're the Giants were 5-11. and 11. You're acting like that's good, and that's acceptable. I'm not acting like that's good. That's good? 5-11 and 11 ain't going to cut it. These issues have been a thorn for the past decade. Look, unless players around Daniel Jones step up their game, we won't see better results. We I don't won't? expect to. Why do you think I'm not picking the Giants this week? Because at the end of the day... He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. The argument is not the benching. The argument is the time that they did it. Uh, with oh. with a break in the wind here, James, we have another caller. Yes, we do. It is Albert. Hello, Albert. Albert. How's it going? Argument about Eli. Hello? Hello. Hi. What's up? Hi. You were at this game. Talk, talk about your experience oh. about getting slammed through a table. <laughs> oh, it was absolutely the best experience I have in my life. Yeah. Well, yeah. props to you and your Bills because they might make the playoffs this year. I'm high on the Bills this year. I, I'm high on them too. Uh, Albert is saying, you know, Buffalo is a good team. Well, I mean, I agree with Albert on that one. I know Tom, I know Tom doesn't want to hear it, but I'm, I'm with, with Kyle on there. I mean, he, I'm not disagreeing with you guys with that. I'm saying you're benching Eli it two times. Okay. Eli was also sacked a career-high 47 times last year and still threw for over 4,000 yards and stayed healthy for all 16 games. I'm, I'm just saying. But, yeah, I mean, but and he's not vampire Tom Brady. With, with an actual defense and people to throw The to. Giants paid Eli Manning $20 million this year in response to Tommy Mack's comment on Facebook. Albert, what do you think of this? Eli deserved the money because of the person who Eli Manning is. Like, not one person in this room from a intellectual has a bad thing to say about Eli Manning. I'll be nice to you. He's one of the he's one of the classiest players to ever step onto a football field. There's no doubt. No, no. But we're in a production type of league. I'm not gonna pay take, twenty take million away, dollars to be nice. Takeaway is two Super Bowl seasons. What was his career like? It's kind of been like, you know He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, I think because of those two playoff runs and beating Brady twice, that definitely helps him. Albert, any questions about Eli and the Giants here? I guess, uh, <laughs> where do you guys go from here? 
after starting the season 0-2. The question is, where do the Giants go from here after starting the season at 0-2? Kyle, you want to answer? They will be picking top five in April again because Daniel Jones, although I think has a bright future with this team, he doesn't have anything to work with. He's a rookie. Mm. He doesn't have anything to work with because of management. He's a rookie, and he's going to make mistakes, just like Eli did when he came in. He went 1-6. and six. Just like any rookie. And just I, like any yeah. rookie. And I agree with Kyle. Nobody's going to come in and be Patrick Mahomes. That the, doesn't happen. They're going to pick top in the draft, and I, but I think after Daniel Jones is going to be okay for his yeah. rookie season, but I think the future is definitely bright for him after that impressive preseason run. I, yeah, it's preseason. Yeah. But Listen, you can't fake accuracy. You can't, no. you can't fake that. Albert, yeah. anything else? Uh, do the Giants sign A.B.? Do the Giants sign A.B.? No. No, no shot. No, no shot. shot. Not not with Dave Gettleman at the helm. <laughs> you thought Odell was a problem. Yeah, I'm you thought Odell. You literally, that's Look, a good point. I, uh, Albert, I'm not sure if any time if anyone's going to sign AB for quite some time. I think he's going to uh, will, will he see this, the NFL again? There's never, a possibility. I think, I think maybe a 50-50 a a shot in 2020 when, like, say, like, everything's been dismissed yeah. and nothing happens. But if it's still ongoing over the summer – then maybe midway, but it's a 50-50 shot at this point. He's definitely done for the rest of this year, no doubt. Albert, thank you very much for your time, and I've got to say one thing to you. Bills Mafia, you got us. You got us. Yes, we are the new kings of New York. (laughs) The kings of New York. Albert, thank you so much for your call, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bert. All right. That was Albert Doner from Hicksville, New York. Back to this Giants thing. I I want you guys to understand – my art, my argument here. My argument is not that Eli Manning's skills have declined. I know it's bad timing. I got it's it. bad timing, which realistically, Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman are just idiots. They are. I'm going to tell you one. I'm 100 on board with Dave Gettleman. Yeah, I don't know my about Shermer. Pat Shermer is, as a coach, especially as an offensive-minded coach, which he is, you make a playbook that helps your quarterback. You run your offense through your quarterback. If you're limited with what your quarterback can do, you're limited with what your offense can do. And I think that's where it stands. And I think that that's why you saw in the preseason, as you saw after every press conference meeting, Sherman was pushing more and more Daniel Jones, and he was getting cocky about it. He's building his that's offense. That's the guy he wants playing. He I built, guarantee you, if he had the choice, that would have been his he guy. He built his offense it. around Daniel Jones. And you saw with Eli, he can't really go around the same offense Daniel Jones And I runs. know we say bad but timing. but okay. Continue. If you're Eli, there's no preparation to getting benched. There's no you can't mentally prepare to get benched. And Chris Carter said it best. You were preparing to go out there for all 16 games, even when a guy selected sixth overall. That's your mentality because what else should it be? And that's what Eli did. So I understand the disappointment and the reaction. But from let James, I, I want to get to you here in a second. But starting Daniel Jones on Sunday, I think it puts excitement. For Giant fans, it gives them a reason to watch this game. But what's your whole beef on us here? With this, you nobody can prepare like you guys are saying about benched. Yeah. You know, but there had to be somewhere within the preseason or in the back of Eli's head that his time was going to be up. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. Um, I thought he would have lasted another one to two more games, but times have changed. Mm-hmm. And they need to move on. Um, so I think seeing Eli of what he is, he's going to give utmost respect to Daniel Jones, help him out in any way possible to get him prepared. Uh, even though management 
doesn't seem to give him some explosive wide receivers. We see more oh, well, they, they explosive. They had one. Well, we did, but we had ex- we have a running back. My thing is, and I'll, so, I'll throw this in real quick. With this New York Giants team, for this New York Giants team, when it comes down to me, you know why they benched Eli Manning early? Because it all comes back to one thing: it's the protection of Eli Manning. Well, yeah. You 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 saw what kind of backlash Sean Mara got. In 2017, when the benching of Eli Manning first happened, right for Geno Smith, for Geno Smith. But, but that's a different story. You're comparing. Let me continue. Let me continue. Right, you saw the backlash she got for that, right? Yeah. Imagine the type of backlash she would have gotten if Eli Manning became the second Hall of Famer ever to enter the Hall of Fame with a losing record as a quarterback. Can you imagine that, guys? That's is, why he got benched. It is Grand Central Station here tonight in the studio. We have a caller. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. It's Jason. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing good. How how about you? You're getting I'm ready for tomorrow? Time, long time. Yeah, got to run real quick. But before I did, I had a question. What's up? Giants sign Antonio Brown. How do you feel if that happens? Giants I'll sign Antonio Brown. How do I feel? Well, it's it's not it's not going to happen. It's, it, if no. it did happen, uh, I would feel disgusted. Yeah, like I said, that's pretty much it. Like I said, I would hold off on that. Jason. All right, that was Jason Glickman from Bethpage, New York. Uh, it's Grand Central Station in the studio. Yeah, we're getting a lot more calls. I think this is a, for me. I think this is for me like a career high in calls well, right now. This happens sometimes when we debate controversial topics. A giant. Oh, this is definitely I know, contra- James. You were mid mid argument here with Kyle. I do want to bring up a point. Yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody during the week, and we were saying that. Do you think? He that Eli would potentially end up at the Jaguars, finishing off his career where he started with Coughlin. It won't happen, but that's what he deserves because he deserves to start and he deserves to play games elsewhere. If it's not with the Giants, the Giants failed him, and you agree. You agree with me? The Giants failed Eli Manning. They failed him at points. Um, he has his flaws. He, We're he not does. denying that. Flaws. The Giants he, may have failed look, him, but the, he failed them as well. Well. The Giants failed him more than he failed them, though, to be fair. Is it their fault for the amount of interceptions, the amount of fumbles? You know how many of those were tipped passes? You know how many of those were because of the offensive line not giving him seconds to throw? What about fumbles? That also partially has to do with the offensive line. That he can't grab the ball. That Eric Flowers gets pancaked in half a second. All the the human turnstile over there. (laughs) Like, literally. Uh, But here's my thing here. I just want to get through these stats. Giants lost their first two combined games of the 2019 season by 32 points. 0-2. Sixth time in seven seasons this has happened. <coughs> Eli, 232 starts since Week 11, 2004. Um, I know we have different opinions on this topic, but I want to acknowledge the legacy that he left on this league here for a second. Um most in the NFL. He's been the most consistent quarterback that's gone out there every week. Him, Brady, Rivers, Breeze, those guys that went out there. And since week 11, 2004, there has never been a week where Eli, Breeze, and Big Ben have all missed games. Let's preview week three against Tampa Bay. They're going up against the Bucks. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are probable for Jones to use in this game. But look, 
emotions aside, I'm excited for Daniel Jones. I think I'm very excited. I think this is a good future. This is a good point it's to start with. New era. A door closes, a window opens, and look, we we grew up with Eli. You did as well. Um, this is very tough for me to deal with as a person, aside from football, for a second, and we'll get to that at the end of the segment. But let's preview Tampa Bay. Uh, Jameis Winston did not look good on Thursday night football against Cam Newton, but Newton looked worse. Winston had his bright spots in this game. Yeah. He has a good young core in Chris Godwin, Mike Evans still on the younger side. Yeah. What do you guys think about this game? I think going it, into Sunday. I mean, I still am questioning the defense for the Bucks, and that's why I think this is a perfect spot for Daniel Jones to get his first career start. At least not at home. He doesn't have to deal with the home pressure. Go over to a nice place in Tampa Bay with a a questionable defense, and yeah, he has Shepard back and Slayton back, potentially, and those are some good targets to throw to, and of course, it always helps when you have probably, you know, top two running back, the best running back in the NFL, so yeah, that yeah. definitely helps him there. Daniel Jones, while at Duke, three years, 52 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, I believe he was a redshirt junior, uh, because he was born in the year of 97. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this would have been his grad school fourth year of eligibility because yes. he did finish his Duke degree. Yes. Um, now he has, he won't have Tate, but he'll have Shepard. He'll have those guys. Kyle, what's your outlook on this game against Tampa Bay? Personally, Daniel Jones is going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Nobody comes out perfect. And I just personally think, again, we go back to the defense, right? No matter how Saquon Barkley plays, for some reason he never gets enough touches in the game for some reason. No matter how good he is, leads the leads the league in yards per rush. Yeah, but uh, you know Mike Evans against any corner on our team should have a field day, to be honest with you. And if it's not him, then it'll be Chris Godwin. And if it's not him, it'll be O.J. Howard. Well, look, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're in New York. The Giants' defensive backs are in New Jersey. That's how soft they're playing. DeAndre Baker might be the worst corner. The the two week preview that I've ever seen. Yeah. This is bad. We're, we're comparing this to back when the Giants had Frank Walker starting back in 2005 for a hot second. R.W. McCord is as good as he was. He was old. He was slow. But this is a young guy. That's the problem. From an elite mm-hmm. SEC school. We thought he was a good corner coming first out of, round. Yeah. But hold on. Let's give him some time. Mm-hmm. That window in New York is much smaller than Wisconsin or Florida. Or North Dakota, for that matter. I know there's not an NFL team there, mm-hmm. but you guys get the point. Yeah. When you play in New York, you're expected to play at a very high level. And when you can't meet that expectation, we all know. We sit around. We were for the Mets, the Yankees, the Jets, Islanders, Islanders, Rangers. We're very hard fans on our team players. You know right? why? Because we're deprived. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's pick this game, and then I have one final thing to say. And if anybody else wants to say anything mm-hmm. as well, uh, Kyle. You have Tampa Bay, correct? Correct. Score? Let's go 25-10. 25, okay. James? Uh, Giants, uh, Daniel Jones, weak defense. I'm going to go with 17-10. Fons. I'm going Giants here, 21-10. to 10. I'm also going Giants, 24-14, the same score that they beat Tampa Bay in the 2008 wild card, which was Eli's first playoff win. Um. Any final thoughts here? Because I I do have something to say about Eli. Isn't Jameis Winston uh, playing for his job this week? He's playing for his job every week. I think yeah. I think yeah. this, yeah. this whole week. season this I, is his last shot. Let's, uh, yeah. So he he has a lot to prove. Prove this should be a game where he could win, especially against a bad defense. Uh, my final take, real quick, just on Eli Manning. 
I love the guy. I know you guys might not think so sometimes the way I'm talking about. But he, as of recent, hasn't lived up to expectations. But, again, in a city that's been deprived, we should be crowned champions for the greatness and legacy in which is New York City. And over the last two decades, he's the only person in, in New York sports that's provided, excluding the 2009 Yankees. Yeah. And for that, I'm grateful. To be a part of that, to have experienced that, and I'm very happy to call him a New York Giant. James? Uh, I mean, hats off to him. He's played in difficult situations, um, but I'll remember him as beating the Patriots twice and going into school and having a field day with everybody in class because the Giants beat the Patriots. So, At the end of the day, Eli was a great Giant. He was. Uh, he was one of five players to have multiple Super Bowl MVPs, most passing yards in a single postseason, over 1,200 yards in 2011, back when he single-handedly had to get them there because the defense, that's the year they went 9-7. and seven. Most fourth-quarter touchdowns in a season, 15 in 2011. Only quarterback in NFL history without <coughs> throwing an interception in multiple conference championship starts. So I know we talk about how he throws a lot of picks. Conference championship games, playoffs, he was always on his A game. And I'll end the segment with this. November 21st, 2004, Alicia Nelson Manning took the field for the very first time against the Atlanta Falcons. I remember watching this game in my house. Now, I'll be honest, it was tough to watch him play. Little did we know Eli would be the face of the Giants for the next 16 seasons. It was 5,416 days ago. From today, since his first NFL NFL start, 5,416 days. And ever since, Eli has been the guy under, under center. Not exactly sure what the future is for my first love. That's the New York football giants, of course. Uh, one thing is for sure, Eli Manning is my favorite athlete of all time. I grew up with him, a leader, a hero, a class act, a true role model. As good as he was on the field, he was a better man off the field. This is the best teammate, one of the best teammates anyone can ask for. From his first NFL touchdown pass to Jeremy Shockey to his last last week to TJ Jones. We don't know if this is the end. That could have very well been his last his last moments as an NFL quarterback. But this Sunday, September 22nd, a new chapter begins as Daniel Jones looks to fill in the shoes of a Giants legend and potential future NFL Hall of Famer down in Tampa Bay, the place where Eli won his first playoff game back in 2008 now some giant fans took Eli for granted one day people are going to realize what life is like without Eli Manning I recall a quote he once said with the game on the line I want the ball in my hands there is only one quarterback that plays better under pressure than Eli in big games we all know who that is in this generation there is whether the future is good or bad for the Giants there's never going to be another Eli. I know people saying they're comparing Jones to him. He's very similar. There's no, there's no other version of anybody. But I think he was the best quarterback in Giants history. Uh, Eli, if this was the last time we ever got to see you play, we appreciate everything you've ever done for this team and organization and have the utmost respect and love for you. You are my role model. Thank you, Eli Manning. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Jets and the rest of the NFL. 
You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco, Kyle Russo, James Montefusco. Um, emotional last segment, but we held it together. We got it through. Daniel Jones, the new starting quarterback in New York. Let's get to the Jets. A difficult Week 2 loss for the Jets on Monday Night Football. A loss to the Browns. Uh, it's a shame. The Jets were supposed to be a decent team this year. I don't know how much I believe that. I thought they were okay. I didn't think they were good. Because Sam Darnold is still unproven. I still think Allen, Lamar is cl- clearly better than Darnold right now. And Love. so is Josh Allen. Loved hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, yeah. I thought Sam would somewhat be in the conversation as number two with Josh Allen. But, but he, he's he's not. I mean, you, you could argue it, but I just don't. I think Baker is way too overhyped. In this game, we saw. We saw why Baker is overhyped. Against a depleted Jets defense, Baker looked bad. Yeah. A lot of his, you know, if you have him on your fantasy team, oh, he still got me like 20, 25 points. He doesn't. Because the Browns dominated the game, their defense was great, and Miles Garrett had three sacks. I think that. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I think it's more on the behalf of Freddie Kitchens and his offensive play calling, to be honest with you. Because I mean, when when Greg Williams was the head coach for that tenure, I mean, they won about six, seven games straight. You know, Baker Mayfield looked like a genius when it came to throwing the football. In fact, threw the most touchdowns ever by a rookie quarterback, twenty-seven. And now Freddie Kitchens is the head coach, and you know it doesn't look so good. And sometimes when you have a surplus of options to go to, you can't necessarily get everybody the ball, and it causes you to make some mistakes. I don't. I, don't, I really don't think it's Baker. I think it's the. I think it's the play calling. Well, my point is Baker's not bad, but he's definitely overhyped. He's so overhyped. He's a gun. Come I on, think he's overhyped because of the hype that the Browns had as a team. Yeah, not want, that because uh, if it was any other team for that though, even on any oh, other no, team. No. I mean, he set the bar high. A first overall pick, yeah, a walk it's a on, small sample size. and do the most touchdowns. What he, and what he did, what he did on the, history. what he did on the Browns, who had a history. I mean, look at the the meme of the jersey of the Browns quarterbacks they had throughout the years. And he would have they, taken them to the playoffs. And they finally season. had someone. Obviously, there was hype around him, and now we're just kind of seeing it back in reality, where it's like, all right, yeah, maybe we kind of have to pump the brakes a little bit here. He's not great yet. He's good, but he's not great yet. He can definitely get there. By the way, Pete Alonso just hit his 50th home run, joins Aaron Judge as the second rookie to hit 50 home runs in a single season. All right, James. All right. Had to get that in there. All right, so the Jets. Trevor Simeon tears his ACL, finished three for six, three yards. Oof. Tough. And Luke Falk comes in the game. He wasn't bad. Uh, Next man up. His arm strength might be some of the worst arm strength oh, yeah. I've ever seen. He got putting him in a listen. I mean, that is spot. he got cut Bad. by the Dolphins past off season. That's when you know that you know that you're, you get caught, cut by the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I'm gonna say one thing: the Jets play the Pats this weekend. Oh God! Luke Falk has some very similar stats to Tom Brady. No, no, that 199 game, baby. Luke Falk and Tom Brady. Were both drafted at number 199 in their respective NFL drafts. Oh, Jesus. They both stand at six feet four inches tall. They both made their first career start at 24 years old. They both made their first career start in week three of their respective seasons. They both faced 
legendary opposing quarterbacks in their first NFL start. Tom Brady went up against Peyton Manning. Luke Falk goes up against Tom Brady. Oh, so it's confirmed Luke Falk is the second coming of God. So what you're saying is that he's going to lead the Jets to multiple Super Bowls. Is oh, this what you're saying? Yeah, okay. Yeah, totally. It's this happen. is the stars have aligned here. Of course. I'm just going to say one thing. Sam Darnold is not going to play again this season. I mean, I don't know. They're talking week five. It's not going to happen. If, if I'm Sam Darnold, I personally go to the Jets head management. And I, I, say, I don't no. feel comfortable Look. playing. I mean, because to be, I had mono, and I believe you guys have an understanding of what mono is. Yeah. What happens with mono is you can't do any physical activity for six to eight weeks because your spleen enlarges. You're playing a physical contact sport. Yeah. You if get you hit the wrong that, you way. Die. You, you die. You die on the explode. field. Yeah. I mean, you can't uh, you can't come back just because you're feeling better because your body isn't a hundred percent. You might be 100% up here, not your body, though. No. I I would not. That ain't worth risking it. Especially if you think that's the guy of the future that could take you to the promised land. You don't risk it over something stupid like that. Hey, look. I like the Jets. I really do. You know, my parents are Jet fans. They're a team that I enjoy seeing do well. They represent New York, even though they don't play in New York. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Uh, Le'Veon Bell in this game still you could tell he's rusty but he's giving it his all and now apparently he wants out he was also, does he actually? he was also crying no way yeah he's already confirmed oh jeez already he, he wants out oh well I know why Adam Gase oh my god he's an awful head coach oh, he's yeah. an awful we, head coach we know and do you know how many touches he had in week two? you know how many touches he had? They, I think when he touched um, the ball 31 times He's gonna, this is a guy who didn't play a full season of football. He you know I know when you give that guy. I know he touches? wanted like he made a joke. He wanted fifty touches, but like you <laughs> not can't, actually. Yeah, but like you didn't think he wasn't actually going. But hey, you're going to run this guy I, to the worry. ground. To the ground. You're going to run. And him he's still to the a, like I think he's one of the top running backs, and I think this. I just worry, you know, especially I, with the young running back coming after a year off. There, there's rust on him, but I think between not having Darnold, not having. A quarterback. No alone. receivers to throw to because Demarius Thomas, who they just traded for, hasn't played yet. Yeah. Quincy Anunwa's out. Robbie Anderson is all, all over the place, I Quincy feel. Quincy Anunwa's probably done for the rest of his career. Was it no, was another second, neck, neck second and gap. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. yeah. So uh, Chris Herndon, four-game. I think he's coming back yeah. next week. To follow. That's the thing. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, if he comes back too early, that could mess oh, yeah, him yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could end Eternally. his Yeah, yeah. That could be bad. Um, okay, so Tremaine Johnson benched. Was not happy about it. This Jets team is the definition of Murphy's Law. <laughs> what can go wrong will go wrong. Will go wrong. And you think the Giants have it bad? No, they got it bad. The Jets have it really bad. They have it bad because they had a lot of expectations. But what people don't understand is you can't just slap together some fantastic pieces and think that you're going to be amazing. You know, I mean, if you look at that, look what the determining point factor in that first week one game, right? They would have won that game, but their what did they pay sixty million dollars to uh, C.J. Mosley? The minute he hopped out of the game, they lost the game. Mm-hmm. It was over. After that one piece got knocked out. All thirty-two teams still have the potential to exceed their expectations for the season. Yeah, it's still early in the season. Oh, hold two, on. Two, Let's, uh, two, fine, I'll give on. you. I'll give you thirty-one. The Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I was I just going to bring know. that up. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about them, but I'll give you thirty-one. I'll give you thirty-one. Um, yeah. Well, Chubb was good. Odell, longest touchdown of his career in his old stadium. One-handed catch, right backward. It all started with the one-handed. Love to see it. 
did you guys see the ESPN reporter? Uh, I told him in Spanish, right? Speaking in Spanish for, uh, I guess. <laughs> that and then funny. he was looking for subtitles, like they were going to pop up in front of him. <laughs> well, was like, he supposed and to then he's like, oh, yes, yes, okay. Because he started speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sold on the Browns. I'm not. They're not making the playoffs. I'm not sold on them this year because I feel like Vegas is going to go through that sophomore. They're season. young. Yeah. And, I and thought and they. Joku now is on the IR, that's going to hurt a lot. I thought they were. I yeah. thought that they were going to be competitive, but I think that after we've seen, I mean, yeah, they won against the Jets, but I, you know, we'll talk about later about their schedule, but they could be on the outside looking in once it comes around. But if we talk about next year, next year's I definitely be a different think, story. you know, Baker, another year, gets out of that sophomore slump. Joke was back healthy, you know. He understands Odell better. They got a better connection. Yeah. Is Freddie Kitchens the guy? No. No, I don't think he's the guy. I think they only kept him in there because Baker really liked him, and he worked well with Baker. I think a lot of people said that Greg Williams should have been the the coach yeah, over over Freddie Kitchens, yeah, but yeah. when what? Baker makes the yeah. decision, yeah, what's up? Sorry, finish. No, I was saying well, Baker. I was saying Baker wanted. He's like Freddie Kitchens is my guy. He helped me with a successful rookie season. I want him to be the head coach. So that was basically what it was. They wanted to rely on their young star, which makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. You want him to be successful right away. Why not have the guy that he wants out there? Exactly. Yeah, as you were saying, I agree with Kyle Russo. I agree <laughs> with Kyle point? Russo on that Freddie Kitchens is not the answer. I didn't think Quickly. he was the. Uh, I didn't thought it was the worst signing. I they think had. Pat Shermer has a better answer at being the answer for the oh, Giants yeah. than. Yeah. Look, I think he's kind of in a funk right now because of Dave. But all right, we're done with the Giants for tonight. <laughs> um, the Jets, though, the injuries just keep on piling. Mosley missed the game with a groin. Quinnen Williams with an ankle. Demarius Thomas re-injured his hamstring. Josh Bellamy with a shoulder injury, Kelvin Beecham with an ankle, Steve McClendon with a hip, Brian Winters with a shoulder. You might as well get Vic DiPoteto in here to make videos about the Jets now. Oh, my. <laughs> I'd love to have that man be the head coach of my team. Goalie yep. Opus. Oh, I remember when I first showed you that video, Russo. I cracked up. Yep. It was I good. I was dying. It was that good. That was hysterical. It takes the relief off of a Giants loss. Oh, man, it makes Sundays entertaining. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to this preview against New England. New England released Antonio Brown today, which we'll get to in our next segment. But New England is a team that comes in 2-0. Despite losing Antonio Brown, I still think they're the odds-on favorite to win this year's Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think now the Chiefs. I think they kind of now leveled it out. I think the Chiefs love You Brown. really think that I really, even before the Antonio Brown, I had the Patriots winning. I'm not. <laughs> I <laughs> I did, come I on. I had the Patriots winning, but Russo, I feel like without Tyree Kill, with a terrible defense, uh, I, it's a shootout with Patrick Mahomes every single game. I mean, that's. Yeah, dude, but look at the, pa- the Patriots. Defense. Stephon Gilmore is one of the top year, corners. Right? Devin McCourty is a solid. Stupid errant play by D. Ford, the Chiefs would have been the Super Bowl. Look what Belichick did. He went out and got a pass rusher and Chase Winovich from Michigan. Who very well. looks like Clay Matthews, not just yeah. features wise, but talent wise. They traded back for Jamie Collins, who now is in the top ten for interceptions, including a pick six. Like and they he's and, back, yeah. Dante Hightower, Stephon Gilmore, guy. Uh, I still think the Stephon Pats are going to win. With a pick six, first of his career. I still think the Pats are going to win. I said I think the Chiefs are closer now that Antonio Brown's on. gone. Matt Lacoste, remember him? No, he never. I don't even think he ever made the team for the played Giants. for the Giants on the practice squad. Yeah, I don't think he ever made. He the suited team up for two games. He did. 24-yard catch on this game. Rex Burkhead getting 15-yard run, runs down the field should not happen. He was a special so teamer sure. in Cincinnati, and now he's one of the top backs so in that show, offense. Like 21 carries, 85 yards. And James a White. James White. Best thing since sliced bread for New England. 
PPR monster. He's not even a running back. He's a and wide receiver. At this ben point. Watson yeah. suspended for four games. They don't even need a tight end. They don't. Julian Edelman got him. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon got, got him. him. Philip Dorsett got him. Was got a, him. was a first round bust on the Colts and now a solid receiver. Gunnar Olszewski will be the next Wes Welker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jacoby Myers, another undrafted oh, guy, yeah. and him too. I mean, when, when Nikhil Harry comes back too. Nikhil, ha- yeah, he's out for the year. Yeah. So. But wait right, till let's, let's pick this game. We got all. We all got forty nothing here. Yep. Yeah. Fifty. How about how about a question right now? Will the Patriots put up more points against the Miami Dolphins? I mean, put up more points against the Jets than they did against the Miami Dolphins. No. No. Really? Yeah. Uh, because the Jets are an actual NFL team. I don't think so. Also. Not at this point. Oh, my God. Not the defense. I think, I, think, so. I, think, I think Jamal oh, Adams makes Jamal Adams makes the uh, difference on the defense that alone. I'd rather have Jamal Adams by himself the entire Dolphins defense, so I would think that they're going to just hold up less points against the right, I'll call 30 nothing. I'll call 30 nothing. No, you know what? 37. I can't. you got to pick one. Le'Veon yeah, Bell will do something. <laughs> 37. All right, Fonz. I'm gonna go 37-7. I feel like Le'Veon Bell's gonna. Have, Le'Veon Bell's Why does gonna. My pick make you sick. <laughs> he just did the same exact. Le'Veon Bell. What, what, what did you say? You said 30. You said 30 to seven. You said 37-7. 37 to seven. Le'Veon Bell's gonna have a receiving touchdown right, from Fox. Luke Falk. James. 28-14. They oh, played. The? They played themselves tight, and then Patriots would take over second half. Luke Falk ain't putting up 14 points. 62 to three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. All right. All right. And I say that with all due respect to the New York Jets organization. To the New York Jets organization, <laughs> they will. They might have trouble getting five first downs in this game. They might, might? or they will have trouble. Might the only way they you will. get a first down is if you run Levy on fifty-five. Uh, they're gonna run him to the ground. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna keep it right here. Minka Fitzpatrick traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. With all the stuff that's happened, that feels like it happened. A month ago at this point. Yeah. Wait, that was last week? Yeah, that was this, this week. week. This week? <laughs> On Monday. Jeez, that... Where were you? It's been a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that Rangers der- jersey's doing you no good over there. Yeah, it's also like 100 degrees in here, so... Oh, yeah, you're, oh you're I'm wearing three layers. I'm not James too. Uh, Huh? Yeah, you're going to suffocate overheat James, too. That's the punishment. How about, <laughs> how, about you pick, how about you pick better games, and then you want to <laughs> deal with the punishment? Valid point. All right. Yeah, correct. Um, okay, so... In return, the Steelers get, uh, I'm sorry, the Dolphins get a 2020 first-round pick. And they said, oh, we'll take a second. You brought up a great point. What organization does that? <laughs> what? What, 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 what organization comes out? Yeah, we'll basically take the minimum for the guy. Oh, did, did, did you hear about the new XFL team, the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> no, they're pretty they're much an XFL are. team? I no, thought they were a practice squad. <laughs> they're the, they're the, they're the, they're the practice squad. Avery Moss is a starting defensive end on that oh, team. Oh, he had a sack in that game, too. <laughs> Look at that. They couldn't do it Avery Moss doing work. The thing Kenya with, Drake, the, a joke of a running back. The thing with the Dolphins, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick is a solid player, but they did not know what to do with him. He wanted to be one position, but they're like, no, let's put you in at safety, linebacker, cornerback. Like, I just think you have to have well, him he was set a safety up. In college. Yeah, but then like they were like, "Oh, let's move him to corner. Let's move him to linebacker. Let's see what he can do because he's a he's good. At, he's average at everything, but not great Bums. at one thing." Just give him, just put him on the field and be like, "Play whatever you want." Yeah, I've, I mean that's probably what the Dolphins are nowadays. Just like, all right, well, who wants to play what? Oh, you want to be safety? All right, we'll go out there and play. <laughs> well, safety. Josh Rosen is starting at quarterback Sunday. Oh, really? I thought he was receiving. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Listen, oh, he's had, oh, I he's feel so bad for him. I, I, Look, I know people from Miami. We gotta. 
No, but to get on a serious note, just a question. Yeah. You, you see what they got the Dolphins in return for Minka Fitzpatrick, another defensive guy on the market now, Jalen Ramsey. What kind of compensatory? Th- what kind of what kind of picks could you get for Jalen Ramsey I, now? A Pro Bowler corner. I, I know he's got an attitude. He's not like Minka, like a quiet guy. But, but when you talk about top corners, he's probably one of the top corners. Top but shouldn't leave Jacksonville. I don't think. Yeah. If, I, I don't think Jacksonville's re, 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 rebuilding. If you, I mean, it all depends on Gardner, man. Should really be honest with you. I mean, if he, they played, just want a divisional game. Sorry, go was, ahead. Yeah. Okay. Go. If you heard Joe Buck, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman last night, who? Uh, Joe Buck, who? Joe okay, Buck. Troy Aikman. Um, they were saying that the team is helping Ramsey what by like helping him with his tackles. I don't think the team wants to see him go. I think they know if the he leaves, back. the wheels fall off. Well, no, they the owner guys. came out they today. The owner came out today, and he said, Con, he, right? loves, he said he loves. He said he, loves, he loves him, and that he'd make him the highest paid corner in the exactly. league today. And you have Tom Coughlin there, so you know you have. And he has another yeah. corner in AJ Bouye, who that's a solid starting duo he right he there. He very well to work with in yeah. Jacksonville if Gardner Minshew works out, and this DJ Chark. Out of nowhere, yeah, DJ Chark. Oh is good. my, DJ yeah. Chark is good. And Conley. Westbrook, a guy. Uh, what's his name? Jacob O'Shaughnessy too. James O'Shaughnessy. James, former Jet. He's he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. Uh, I just think Fournette. You got to you know he's he has his moments when there's times where it's like, what are you doing? Because he had negative nine yards up to like the third quarter of the game. And guys, the Steelers have had a first round pick every year since 1968. So this, unless they trade for one, might be the first time that they do not have a first round pick since then. But to answer your question, if Fitzpatrick gets a, is worth the first round pick, Jalen Ramsey, I feel like you know could easily be obviously a first and maybe a second rounder. Correct. I think in another. He's like worth a Jets first round pick, which means like a pretty much a yeah, like like pick. yeah, like right. a, a first a first round and then a second rounder the following year. Yeah. yeah. So let's move on here. Well, we're not even going to talk about Brown's Pat debut. Four catches, fifty six yards, touchdown. Boo hoo. He got cut at 4.15 p.m. today because of more issues, uh, sexual assault issues, uh, oh, it wasn't. misdemeanors, it, something. It was because he then texted this girl. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he started making threats, and that's what really put them over the yeah, edge. Yeah. Otherwise, he would be playing this Sunday. But, again, I mean, if you look at the stuff that he's been doing the last two months, absolutely insane. Out of control. Out of control. Yeah, out of control. Out of control. So... Uh, power rankings are in. New England's at the top, followed by Kansas City, the Rams, Cowboys, Ravens at five. Uh, what about those Ravens, man? Uh, don't Something. sleep on the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, I think Greg Roman has done a good job, like I said, with Lamar Jackson putting the offense around him. And then you got Mark Ingram, Hollywood Browns looking really good for him. The tight ends, Tom, I talked about Hayden Hurst, Nick Boyle, and Mark Andrews. A good, solid trio there. I am worried about a receiver outside of Marquise Brown because when the season progresses, I don't know if I can trust Willie Sneed or uh, Seth Roberts to be, like, the go-to targets. But as of now, the offense was good, and obviously the defense will always be a solid team from Brandon Williams leading the line to Kenny Young at the linebacker spot, and even obviously that secondary is incredible. But I think the receiving part is probably the only thing I would worry about outside of Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think they're a, definitely a playoff team. I mm. think they're a top two, top three team in the AFC. Uh, and then they're followed by the Packers and the Seahawks. Those are your top seven teams right now. And I think those bottom three, definitely surprised to see them in the top seven for the NFL. But week two, last week, it started out rough. Cam Newton lost his eighth consecutive start. He's out this week. Kyle Allen is in for week three against the Cardinals in Arizona. So we'll see how that turns out for them. Did not look well. 
Dallas beats Washington 31-21, 2-0 for the second time in the last 10 seasons. Good for them. Jacoby Brissett, career-high three touchdown passes against the Titans. Colts are 1-1. Seattle beats Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh 0-2 for the first time since 2013. Mason Rudolph might be the future. No, he is the future, but they're going to have a bad year. Buffalo with the Giants. Barkley, 16 touchdowns in his first 18 NFL games. Tied most in Giants history. Jaw-dropping, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and um, trying to get these other games here. Only a few of them loaded. Patriots, 2-0 and against Miami, 43-0. Uh, Joke of a game. Houston-Jacksonville, 13-12. I was surprised by Houston in this game. They didn't look good, but they found the way to win. Uh, Deshaun Watson. The line still isn't good. I worry about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You have to protect him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really rough bad. right now. And fun fact, Deshaun Watson has played a year and two games. He now has the most rushing touchdowns in Texans franchise history by a quarterback. Wow. Look at their guys in the past. Nine. David Carr, Matt Schaub. Not a good list. Ryan Fitzpatrick for, uh, for a hot minute. Tom Savage. Packers beat the Vikings 21-16, 2-0 for the first time in four years. Kenny Galladay, a fantasy machine, uh, has the Lions undefeated through two weeks. A surprise 1-0-1. That tie, that tie against Arizona, and then the Chargers lose on the road, which that was a trap game. Without Gordon, without Derwin James, your best offensive and your best defensive player, you're kind of... You're kind of handcuffed yeah. against Detroit, a team with great passing, Matthew Stafford, <laughs> yeah. with Galladay. They have guys on that team. De- De- Detroit, I still think they're going to be bad this year. Yeah. But they have some spots here and there. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for them, I think. Yeah. I think that they're going to be better than the Bears because the Bears have looked really bad offensively. Mitchell Trubisky just, I mean, I know it's only two weeks, but he's looked really bad. They have looked bad. Uh, it's tough. Um, 49ers win 41-17 against the Bengals, and the way they've been blowing people out in these yeah. first two weeks is fantastic. And they're still waiting for George Kittle to break out. Yeah. And it's only a matter of time for them. Jimmy Garoppolo, great to see him healthy and playing. It was rough last year to not see him, but it was a bad week for quarterbacks, which we'll get to in just a moment. Chiefs beat the Raiders 28-10. to Rams beat the Drew Breesless Saints. 27 to 9. Cooper Cup has 100 had over 100 receiving yards in the game. Bears survived the Broncos rookie Eddie Pinheiro with a game-winning 53-yard field goal. They finally got that kicker. Yeah. <laughs> to replace Cody Park. Yeah, it was rough last year. Felt so bad yeah. for them. Falcons beat the Eagles as I predicted on Sunday night football. Those dirty birds 24-20. And then the Browns their first road win versus the Jets since 2007. Okay, quarterbacks that went down. Cam Newton, out. Roethlisberger, elbow surgery, out for the year. Drew Brees, thumb surgery, out six weeks. Trevor Simeon, torn ACL, out for the year. Which quarterback injury hurts the most? Brees. Brees. Yeah, hands down, Brees. Hands down. I'd agree. Yeah. I, I mean, they were really out six weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, all of you guys, I mean, you had the Saints going to the Super Bowl. And, and obvious for obvious reasons. Yeah, it yeah, hurts. But without him, I mean, that's going to really hurt, especially these next couple weeks. It's yeah. going to kill them. It hurts the same, but, I mean, you you got to consider the Cowboys for the Super Bowl at this point. 
Oh, well, yeah. Now, now they're probably the best team in the NFC. Maybe Seattle's uh, the best team? I think this could be a Seattle year. Hmm. I think yeah. I, I could see Seattle beating the Rams in the Coliseum in the NFC Championship yeah. game. I could see it. Or, or earlier than that, depending on the seating. But that's crazy. And then New England loses their left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, out for the season. So New England now has two starting offensive linemen that will not play this season. One due to an injury, the other due to blood clots. So... And not to take that lightly, but will it affect them? No. 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 No, no. shot. Next man up mentality. That's what they do. Yeah, that's what Belichick is. You can't make excuses for injuries with them. It's like um, Trent Brown. Turn a seventh-round pick into the highest-paid left tackle. It's crazy because, you know, you look at the passing leaders, and as good as New England's been, Brady's not up there. It's Pat Mahomes, of course, at number one, 820 passing yards. Second is Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Part of that's been Cincinnati's been behind in a lot of these games. Yeah. These first two time. games. Yeah. But – He's connected with Tyler Boyd. They're still missing A.J. Green. John Ross has stepped up huge. Him, too. Mm-hmm. Stepped up huge. Eifert. Bernard. They don't even use Mixon right now, mm-hmm. which is bad. Um, and, of course, Dalvin Cook leads the NFL in rushing. Uh, so, everyone, what's the biggest take from week two? Biggest take. Injuries. Yeah, that okay. it, it hit everybody almost. Bad. Pretty much all the teams. Well, yeah. the majority of teams. Majority of the teams. Injuries. I, I mean, injuries to the worst position to possibly be injured in. And it's been mostly the older guys. As yeah. well. Oh yeah, it's um, sure. it's been the older guys for sure. Um, for the NFL Player of the Week, we're not going to go around and have everybody do it due to time, but uh, just brief. Br- br- can't even talk briefly. What? Who is one guy that stuck out to you this this week as a cohesive unit? I mean, obviously Lamar and Pat. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Both, I'll go quickly. A Julio Jones and what he did with yeah. the with the Atlanta Falcons. I'd agree, and I'd say Demarcus Robinson for Kansas City, a coming out party with the two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would just be on the bandwagon of Pat Mahomes. You know, four hundred four hundred yards and four touchdowns. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. nothing to joke about. So quick picks, guys. We have five minutes left on the show. Um, let's analyze these week three games a bit. James, you were the loser last week. Your punishment, Ryan McDonough, Jersey. You have been a champ tonight. Trooper rocking that beautiful red, white, and blue blue shirts. I Same color as your Giants. So yeah. you, you have to admit, they are beautiful colors. They, 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 yes, they are. And heat exhaustion. That's another thing, too. It is very hot in the studio right now, and I feel bad. I and feel really bad. You can now take it off. I'll take it off at the end. Right. Right. Um, i got to focus back here. Exactly. <laughs> you came in last last week. The current standings. Fonz and Kyle, first and second right now. Kyle with 25 points through two weeks. Fonz right behind with 24. Me and James tied third with 21. But, Fonz, you had the best record last week at All right. 12 and 4. All right. I was 10 and 6, along with James. Kyle was 11 and 5. But, tiebreaker, I nailed my upset. James did not. Yep. So, week three, what do we got? Well, Jaguars, Titans. We're all one up on Kyle right now. Yep. We are all one up on yeah. Kyle. That's all right. Fonz, I'm going to have you roll through these games I got real em. quick. Uh, Cincinnati at Buffalo, we all locked in with the Bills. A clean sweep there. Clean sweep with the Cowboys over the Dolphins. That, that's obvious. Clean sweep. Packers over the Broncos. This is where it gets interesting. The Falcons at the Colts. Tom and myself have the Colts. Kyle and James have the Falcons. Ravens at Chiefs. Tom and I have the Ravens. Kyle and James have the Chiefs. You guys picked wrong. Uh, <laughs> Oakland at Minnesota, clean sweep for the Vikings. Jets at New England, clean sweep there. 
Uh, a couple more clean sweeps here. Uh, where is it over here? Eagles against the Lions. Cardinals over the Panthers. The Giants over the Bucks. Uh, we all pretty much picked the Giants, except Kyle picked the Bucks on that one. Interesting there. Houston <laughs> at uh, the Chargers. We all picked Texans. Pittsburgh at San Francisco. We all picked the 49ers, except Tom. Tom picked the Steelers. Interesting. Mason Rudolph. Yeah, that may, maybe a big Mason Rudolph game. Saints at Seattle. We all picked Seattle. Would have been way different, I think, if Breeze played. Uh, Rams at Browns. I'm the only one that picked the Browns here. I have just a weird feeling that they're going to upset the Rams because they're at home. And the Monday night game, Bears over Redskins. Like, that's kind of obvious there. More obvious games this week, I feel like, with the clean sweeps. We have 10 sweeps, which is alarming. Uh, Kyle has not picked the Giants once through three weeks. And, <laughs> and I've been is, correct and back-to-back winners. Uh, third time is the charm, so yeah. we will come out this week, hopefully. Um, but quick hot points here. The Raiders and the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota on Sunday. Trap game. Trap game because John Gruden is 4-0 and all-time against the Vikings. Hmm. Fun fact Friday. Hmm. Second fun fact. Stinks. Yes. Uh, the Falcons are 2-14 and all-time against the Colts, 1-9 in their last 10 games against AFC opponents. I have the Colts winning this game, going 2-0 and at home at Lucas Oil. Um, Bills seeking their first 3-0 and start since 2011. I think they do it. Of course, DJ makes his first career start, and Danny Dimes for the Giants. Cardinals seeking their third consecutive home win against the Panthers. Mason Rudolph also making his first career start. And the Seahawks have won their last six home games and as they play the Drew Breesless Saints again this week. Um, the Browns are hosting primetime. First Sunday night game in Cleveland since 2008. Not a fan of this, but it is what it is. Uh, Cleveland is so overhyped. They're the most overhyped team in the NFL. And I know I said it about Baker, but I'm going to say it about the team, too. They're overhyped. I think the Rams ought to be honest with you because you really don't know what you're going to get from Jared Goff. That's why I, I really have the Browns here. Yeah. I really don't think he's that great of a quarterback like people make him out to be. I think it's a product of McVay, to be honest with you. But, uh, no, I I mean, I see where you get the point with the Browns, though. Last note, Monday night game, Bears at the Redskins. That's a trap game, too. At FedEx Field. Yes, because Washington has won their last seven meetings against the Bears. Fun fact. So far, me and James have nailed our upsets. We each have three points. Fonz, you have one. And I'm looking forward to who the week three loser is. Me and James lost week one and week two, respectively. Mm -hmm. And so far, Kyle has been our lead guy, with you (laughs) close behind and me and James bringing up the rear. Any final thoughts, guys? Let's have another good week three here, and uh, best of luck to everybody. Yeah, and the goal is to go undefeated. Thank you, Eli Manning. I was just going to say the same thing. You can say it. Thank you, Eli Manning. Now I feel good. Thank you, Eli Manning. (laughs) On that note, on behalf of Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, wishing you a good evening. Tune in next week as James Montefusco hosts his first ever show of Review and Preview. Any thoughts on that? I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm pretty hyped about it. It'll be you, Kyle Russo, and we'll get other people as well to join you to fill in. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Guys, make sure you tune in next week. Um, Should be a good show. 
funds. You will be back in October. You are taking an excursion yeah. to Japan. Yeah, I'm going to Japan. A couple of my buddies from high school. We've been playing this for a while. We're going to see the Rugby World Cup and explore. So I'm going to miss you guys for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> but don't worry. I'll be back with the takes October 11th. That will be MLB playoff time by then. Perfect. All right. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good night, everyone.